All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Happy Victoria Day. Happy May long weekend to those watching in Canada. Thanks for spending your holiday Monday with us. This is May 22nd, 2023. It's Daily Faceoff Live and it's presented by Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Bet with your head, not over it. He is former NHL goaltender, current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, how you doing? All right. Well, uh, Mike, for us uh, Americans down here south of the border, it's just another Monday. Can you hear us now? Nope. And we can't hear you. So we're going to keep rolling. We're going to have Mike try and reconnect here. And uh, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And let's talk about some news that we expect to see coming this week. And that is the Calgary Flames search for a new general manager is scheduled to come to a close this week. We're expecting that Craig Conroy, who we've been saying for the last week or so as the front runner, is expected to be named the next general manager of the Calgary Flames. It's sort of a Long time coming for someone that did just about everything on the ice from a late uh, NHL draft pick, late round pick, and played four years of college hockey to carving out a full-length NHL career that saw him become a captain, a runner-up for a Selkie, and now has been an assistant general manager for the Calgary Flames for the last nine seasons, working in their front office for 13-plus, touching just about every part of the operation to get experience. It seems like his time has finally come. Mike, if you're with us now, what do you think about the idea of Craig Conroy stepping to the helm of the Calgary Flames? 
Yeah, I don't know what is going on here today. We're having apparently a holiday Monday on the technical side. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Craig Conroy. I mentioned some of the experience. What I'm really curious to see is, uh, hey, there's Mike. Hey, I tell you what, that may not be a good microphone, but we're ready to roll now, Frank. Okay, well <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about Craig Conroy, um, an upstate New York guy that played college hockey at Clarkson. Uh, when you think of Craig Conroy and and now stepping to the helm of the Calgary Flames, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, it's kind of one of those where it felt like it had to happen with Conroy or else that had run its course. Now, he's been an understudy for what seems like forever now in Calgary after being a player there. And I'm not going to hold against him the fact that he went to Clarkson, that I went to St. Lawrence. Um, the big thing about Conroy for me is that this is this is a guy that's been there and learned it long enough, but he's got a ton of energy. Uh, he's got a good chance of creating the right culture within that organization, I think. Um, right hire for the right time, it seemed like for me. And and the big thing, Frank, I think this really ups the chances of Jerome McGinley taking a bigger capacity role with that franchise. And that's a pretty dynamic duo when you think about the course of that team and some of the best success that they've had. It included Conroy and Aginla together. And you factor in that Conroy has had that experience as an AGM now for years he should be good. He'll probably need some help, I'd imagine, in management. Um, but this had a very positive response from within that organization and the people that I talked to. Yeah, a lot of energy and positive energy, as you said. Um, you're right on the Jerome McGinley front. I was just about to say before you you were able to reconnect that um, that is the most fascinating part to me. It's it's not just who's the next coach of the Calgary Flames. That's going to be something that Craig, Craig Conroy has to figure out. But at some point, when Jerome McGinley is done at his hockey academy and his son is moving on, uh, you know, does he come back to Calgary? And in what role? I think, as you mentioned, the percentage chance that that happen happens uh, is is multiplied by a significant margin uh, with this hiring. So, uh, seems to check a lot of the boxes: some familiarity in the market, uh, a positive view in the marketplace, uh, has done all the work, has the experience, and also now as someone that. I think when you talk about reshaping this Flames roster, Mike, it's really about trying to get as much continuity as possible. They had such a big roster shakeup last year. I think the thing is this year they want to try and settle in and take a run at getting right back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Not to say there won't be tweaks or he won't put his own stamp on it. I just don't see anything seismic coming. What say you? I would imagine so. Uh, it's tough to cut, walk in and think like, oh, I'm going to upend an entire roster when, frankly, I think the feeling just was last year, it didn't work with Daryl Sutter. So are there a little bit of tweaks maybe necessary? Probably. But I think he's got to hammer out first who his coaching staff's going to be. That's everybody, Frank, from the head coach on down. So um, I think Conroy will mold this in his, in his mirror image without coming in with a big hammer. Yeah, Mike, uh, certainly not the only GM job that everyone's going to have eyes on now, and that includes the Toronto Maple Leafs after their big news on Friday. Uh, just as our show was starting, that Kyle Dubas would not be back as general manager. Mike, there's so many things to unpack. I don't think we can fit all of that inside of two minutes and 30 seconds, so let's keep a forward view on what happens next for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You heard Brendan Shanahan say that he would prefer someone who has experience on the job. That makes sense to me, Mike, because... This is not really a uh, sort of entry-level position, not because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, but just in the sense of where this team is at in their competitive cycle, the significant uh, changes that you would need to make to this roster because you can't run back the same thing again, and the contractual status of their star players that 
um, really puts a lot of things in flux this summer. So now not only is time of the essence, I think, but more than the time, I think the Leafs have to focus on getting this right, getting the right person for the job. And we were just speaking about the Calgary Flames. It certainly seems to me that their former GM and Brad Tree Living, who walked from the organization, would tend to be the front runner for this position. Because if you really are, Mike, looking at this, this class of potential candidates, yes, there's plenty of them that have uh, experience out there that are available. But who sort of has the same pedigree, the same uh, experience in terms of actually having success? Um, you know, the list, I think, gets kind of short in a hurry in terms of viable candidates that you'd actually consider hiring. What do you think about the idea of Brad Tree living in, in uh, Toronto? And, and more than that, moving forward, um, what would be the first priority? Well, I agree with you. I mean, I went down the list the same way as you, and I'm looking and I'm going, well, I mean, honestly, who's out there besides Tree Living that's really going to tick every box? You know, Ron Hextall's out there, but he's had two cracks at it. You know, there's there's a lot of GMs out there that have had cracks and been fired where Tree Living walked away after uh, doing everything he could to get that Calgary organization back where it needed to be. And I think that for him, he's not afraid of one being in a Canadian spotlight. He's be, he's made bold moves before. I think he can handle the pressure from top and bottom, okay, from players and from management. Um, and I think that's going to be something that needs to be figured out because the, the reported friction between Shanahan and Dubas, that can't happen again. Like this needs to be clear cut. So uh, for me, if Tree Living is the guy or whoever else that comes in to takes this gig, if it's somebody with experience, I think that's your front runner as well. Austin Matthews is first and foremost. That contract extension's looming. It could happen this summer. You're going to have to make him feel comfortable in a big hurry, or else I think you might end up with a Pasternak situation where you go into the season and just have to let it play out, Frank. That would seem like it would be the worst case scenario. There's, I just can't envision being in a spot where you're backed up against the wall and and you feel like he might be able to walk at the end of the year for nothing. You know, a player of that yeah. caliber, it's almost like they have to either fish or cut bait this summer. He's either assign, signing a, a long-term contract extension or long-ish term contract extension to stay as a Toronto Maple Leaf, or you're moving him this summer and there's your change to the core four, as I would call it more like a core three, because I'm not including John Tavares in that category. Mike, let's move on to the Stanley Cup playoffs and talk about uh, the East and Western Conference Finals. Uh, two teams staring down two nothing holes. The Carolina Hurricanes losing games one and two on home ice. The Vegas Golden Knights winning and holding home ice advantage, uh, winning both of their games at home. Mike, this is the first time that a conference final in NHL history where all four games to start both series have gone to overtime. So the margin has been pretty thin, yet there's a decided advantage on the scoreboard for both the Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. So my question to you is this, which team has a better chance digging out of a two nothing hole here? Is it the Dallas Stars or the Carolina Hurricanes? You know, I'm inclined to say the Dallas Stars just because those two games aside, I mean, all four went to play, went to overtime here, but the two games between Vegas and Dallas were really evenly matched. And, you know, it went down to the wire for both of those. And in my eyes, I think Dallas is still right there that they haven't had their best players really peak. They're going to have to be a little bit more consistent defensively. That's always been their weakness all year, just straight up bad turnovers and defensive zone play when they're trying to get out of their zone. So I, I think they have a chance, uh, but Vegas is playing so strong. The flip side with Florida, man, like Bob's on another planet. Matthew Kachuk looks like he's like, he's like Jake and Elwood and 
in the Blues Brothers, man, like he's on a mission from God, right? So um, despite the fact that Carolina has showed well, uh, basically in one of the two games, two of them, he, I think Florida probably has that series handily in their favor just because of the emotional aspect of it. So I'll say Dallas, but man, this is so tight. It's almost impossible to handicap. Yeah, I'm, I would agree with you in terms of Dallas. I mean, here's the thing. The Carolina Hurricanes are now going on the road. I think that story has probably died down a bit this year. But facing a 2 nothing deficit and now heading out to Florida, they're 3-8 and eight over these last two playoff runs on the road. The same time frame, the Florida Panthers are 4-6, and six, but winning on home ice this season doesn't seem to be an issue for them in the postseason. You know, I just... I look at the, the, the Hurricanes and I say, you have a situation in game two. You outshoot your opponent 20 to one to start the first period and you can only get one goal in past Sergei Bobrovsky. Like yeah. that to me is a real alarming sight. Um, it, this series, it, it's a low event series to begin with, but to think that you can't, you know, wrestle in more goals than that to me is, is, presents a picture and paints a picture that isn't pretty for the Hurricanes moving forward. I just think the Stars have a much better shot to come back uh, as you look at Bobrovsky's numbers here in the playoffs, 931 save percentage. If he's not the leading candidate, that's the amazing part of the conversation for the Conn Smythe. He might not even be the leading candidate on his own team with Matthew Kachuk scoring both OT winners in this series alone. Uh, I'd have to think he has a real good shot league-wide. I think so, for sure. I mean, Bob's been on a different planet, and that's an X factor that you can't really contend with. Uh, and and in, I'll tell you what, with Dallas, we haven't seen the best of Jake Ottinger yet either, Frank. If he can get back on top of it, he gets better as the series goes along. So they need more of it, the stars do, out of him. Mm -hmm. Let's continue with our off-season series where we take a look at one team every day that uh, is in full off-season mode. We've got 28 of them to this point with only four remaining. And today up is the Montreal Canadiens, Mike. What has struck me about the tenure of Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon as general manager and president of hockey operations is the series of small victories that they've been able to string together. You know, you make five or eight or ten smart moves, they all of a sudden add up to much bigger moves at the end of it. So much of what they're building will come down to drafting and then development. But when you look at the Montreal Canadiens, where they finished, the obvious coaching success that they've had with Marty St. Louis running things on the bench and the positive direction uh, that they're heading in the future. What stands out for you as their top number one priority heading into this offseason? What do they have to get done? Well, yeah, it's, you know, they still think Montreal has a belief that they can contend for the Stanley Cup playoffs next year. And I don't doubt that because a lot of it will come down to health if they can get, you know, Caulfield, Slavkovsky, Doc, you expect them to be in the lineup more next season. Um, for me, I, I think they're going to have to shore up down the middle a little bit. You know, Sean Monaghan, that ship's probably sailed. I don't expect to see him uh, repatriate. They, they need a little bit of depth up front to be able to supplement some of the younger players. Uh, what's interesting, though, Frank, is that at first glance, I think they need a defenseman. To, so veteran defensemen to kind of help out the fact that they have three entry-level guys and Bear and Gooley, Jack, I all expected to be there. I don't think that should happen now that I've spoken with a couple of players that think, hey, we cannot trade away the three def uh, veteran players we have. And we probably really don't need to add either. 
Bottom line, I think there's still growing pains that these younger players are going to be learning on the job. But Matheson, Edmondson, Savard, they play a huge part in that mix. And, and Weidman will probably slide in this year as, as six or seven, if depending on health. So that kind of surprised me. But I think they need help up front, Frank, uh, more than they would on the back end, even though it's thin there in terms of experience. It's, it's funny you say that because I, I look at their forward group and I say they're really not far off from competing. I, I don't think they're a playoff team next season. I think they've just got too much work to do. I, personally, I'd like to see uh, some more depth on that back end, quality depth. Um, and I still think you're missing sort of the, you know, the, the true leader in that group. Like who is your number one? Who are you counting on to be the person that separates you on defense? And then for me, like the other big question is the goaltending front. Like Harry Price held down the fort for so long in Montreal. You know, Jake Allen, you have under contract for two more years and, and certainly someone that can help bridge that gap. But like is he's definitely not the long-term solution already at 32 years old. Who's in the pipeline? Like who are, who's going to be the next, you know, yeah. you can't find the next Harry Price, but who's going to be that guy that can really steady you in net. Well, I expect them to draft and draft high when it comes to goaltending this year. Um, Allen will be a stopgap. I think Montembeau, he's 26 and has improved. This is probably a year where he needs to play 50 games, 55 games, Frank, and show if he can actually be a number one or not. But they have to develop from within. I mean, Caden Primo, I don't think, has shown that he's ready for it. So I would expect them to draft high at the goaltender position. Yeah, replacing Carey Price, not easy to do. Um, let's get to this week's edition of Icebreakers and get to some news and nuggets from around the NHL. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, Frank, it's your time to shine once again here in Icebreakers. And we're going to go out east. Yeah, we're not talking about the Carolina Hurricanes here. We are going to talk about the Washington Capitals. And they are open into moving forward. Yevgeny Kuznetsov, that was reported uh, this past year. But could there be another high-profile forward that they'd be willing to ship out in Washington? 
Yeah, Mike, I'm told that Anthony Mantha's name has popped up in a few different conversations. He has one year remaining on his deal at $5.7 million uh, for the upcoming season. And he's someone that at 28, um, man, you think back to that trade, and it's one that probably neither team is really happy with. The Washington Capitals gave up a first, a second, uh, Jacob Verana and Richard Ponick to get their hands on Anthony Mantha at the deadline a few years ago, and it just hasn't panned out. Yes, there's been some injury issues that have popped up along the way in Washington, but more to the point, even when he's been in the lineup, you see last season 67 games registering just 11 goals, and it kind of feels like a long time ago now. We're approaching five years ago that Anthony Mantha hit 25 goals in a season, at that price tag at $5.7 million and that type of production, 27 points in 67 games, perhaps you could get someone to take a flyer on him. But if so, they're not going to get anything in return. And more to the point, I wouldn't be shocked, depending on how aggressive they are in really trying to move him, that someone might actually have to, you might have to pay. I don't think they're backed into the corner on the cap uh, just yet. They've got a lot of pieces to fill out their roster. But nonetheless... Evgeny Kuznetsov, his name is out there. We know that they're open to moving him, but you can add Anthony Mantha to our next trade targets board, Mike, when we get that out in the next week or two. That uh, makes sense. I mean, 11 goals just doesn't equate to the 5.7 million. He's such a big body, though, Frank, and he can skate. Like you said, I'd expect somebody out there uh, would at least like to give him another go, depending on who that team may be. Now, we go back to the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, and they're still searching for a head coach. Names have been swirling on who that could possibly be. And I think that that'll probably tell us a lot about how they view next season. So do you have any other indication about how they may approach this offseason? Yeah, I think the Columbus Blue Jackets are thinking they can bounce right back into being a playoff team uh, next season. And I think probably some of the candidates that they're speaking to, uh, I heard Mike Babcock's name over the weekend. We've heard Peter Laviolette. Uh, Pascal Vincent, of course, has been in the mix and someone that they know and understand well. Uh, but if you're looking for any further indication about how aggressive the Columbus Blue Jackets might be this summer, I'm told that their second uh, first round pick is in play this year. That was the one that they got from the Los Angeles Kings, currently slated to be 22nd overall. Um, that was from the Gavrikov and Corpusalo deal. That That's in play and they'd like to use that pick to try and improve if they had their choice on the back end. That's something that is... Uh, Something that is uh, a focal point, obviously getting Zach Wierenski back to full health is going to be a huge part of that. They've got some excellent young pieces on the way, a year check, for instance, uh, and they've had a couple guys that they're really excited about, um, you know, playing in the AHL. But to, to use that first round pick, I'm told the Kings 22nd overall uh, is certainly in play as they'd like to try and leverage that, maybe use their own pick, of course, at the very top. Uh, you know, third overall, but then after that, uh, they'd like to improve and be a playoff team next year. So, uh, like I said, as, as evidence enough by having uh, Mike Babcock and Peter Laviolette and those guys in the mix for that job, uh, they want to they want to improve right away after their big summer of spending one year ago. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And uh, I'm talking about another team that has some draft picks in the stockpile. Let's talk about the St. Louis Blues here, Frank, and they'll be looking to retool this summer. We've talked about them previously. I'd like to see them change up on the back end a little bit defensively. They got people under long-term contracts. What do you think that the Blues have in mind? 
Yeah, not only do they have all those guys in their top four locked up, they all have no trade clauses too, which really makes it difficult for Doug Armstrong to reshape the look of that back end. And, and you're right, I think they need it. It also feels like it's getting a little bit long in the tooth already, even though some of those guys are only in their late 20s. Uh, but no shock that the St. Louis Blues are, are willing to move the two additional first round picks that they ended up getting. Um, and when you look at, at the spot that they're in, um, you know, they have the Toronto Maple Leafs pick at 25th overall from the Ryan O'Reilly deal. Um, and, and they're in a spot where another late first round pick, they can move those to improve their team on the short term. We, we've seen this play from Doug Armstrong's playbook in the past, um, you know, going out to add uh, Braden Shen and then going out to add Ryan O'Reilly to begin with, with the extra first round picks that they had for moving guys like Shattenkirk and others, Paul Stastny over the years. But what do they want in return? In conversations that Doug Armstrong has had with other GMs around the NHL, I'm told that they want a player or players that are in their mid-20s and under team control uh, to help reboot this. So think of guys maybe uh, just a tad older than Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas in that sort of same age frame. Probably not going to surprise you in terms of what the Blues are looking to build, but they want team control. Uh, definitely not a player that is either a pending free agent or uh, has one year left on their deal where they're going to have to then spend major money. So team control and uh, mid-20s is what they're shooting for. Again, they're another team. 109 points one season ago, struggling and missed the playoffs this year. Like Columbus, like some other teams, they think they can bounce right back in it. And a team with Kairou and Thomas and Tori Krug and those guys, Mike, they were probably never going to be really falling out of it and bottoming out to rebuild anyway. So the plan certainly is not to rebuild for Doug Armstrong. It's to reboot. Yeah, it'll be interesting how he fills that leadership void, too. Of course, Ryan O'Reilly moved out this past uh, trade deadline. So lots of great stuff from you, Frank. Of course, keep your eyes peeled at Daily Faceoff. Frank's got trade targets coming out all summer long. Uh, there'll be more coming shortly here, and that'll do it for this week's Icebreakers. All right, Mike, time for our Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. If you got one, fire it into our YouTube chat on the stream as well. Maybe we can get to it uh, if we have a little extra time after garbage time. So, Mike, the question today is, which Eastern Conference team that is in their offseason uh, playoff team will be the most active this summer. So of the playoff teams, you've got a few different choices for you. You've got the Devils, the Rangers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins, and the New York Islanders. What say you of those six teams? Who will be the most active? I think it's got to be Boston, and it all just depends on what Bergeron decides to do, Krejci. There's a lot of lot in flux here, and how many UFAs they finish the season with on the roster. I mean, any given night, it could have been upwards of six or eight of them, Frank. So as good as the Bruins were, and as good as the core is, it's, most of them are still locked up for the next two or three years. The decor's got the top six for the most part. Boston's got a lot of heavy lifting to do, and I think it all just comes down to what Patrice Bergeron decides to do. So that's my pick. How about you? Yeah, the Bruins are an interesting choice just because you're right. They're going to have some roster positions to fill out, some cap casualties and decisions to make. Uh, I kind of want to lean towards the Toronto Maple Leafs, depending on who's taking over as GM, because of the, the fact that they can't run it back again. But 
I'm also curious about the New Jersey Devils. You see Lindy Ruff closing in on an extension. They might lose one of their assistant or associate coaches uh, in Andrew Burnett, who I think is involved in the mix for, I don't know, four or five different openings at this point. He's been a hot commodity, at least from the people I've talked to. And then roster-wise, Timo Meyer, he needs a new deal. Jesper Bratt needs a new deal. How do you fill out this team a bit more? It could lose Damon Severson on the back end. Like, They've got a lot of questions and also shoring up their goaltending. You know, you saw kind of what a mismatch and and mess it was in the playoffs, uh, Akira Schmid, and then going towards, uh, you know, you look at Vanacek and, and all that's in play. They're a really good team that I think can take that next step. But I could also see them being a team next year, Mike, that takes a couple steps backward uh, if the right moves aren't made this summer. So I think this is a critical summer for the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, I agree with you. And I really think Andrew Brunette was a key part of that team this year. You'd like to see them be able to retain him. Um, but man, there's going to be an awful lot of teams that would like to have his services as a head coach. Yeah, as mentioned, four or five to this point. I think maybe the only team yeah. with an opening that Andrew Brunette hasn't been in the mix for so far is the New York Rangers. So we'll see. That gets us to Tyler Uremchuk and our daily face-off Batano daily bet segment here for a holiday edition. Tyler, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, not doing pretty good here, Frank, and in an interesting spot with my daily bets as well. It's so weird when it's just the same teams on every second night because I just keep getting drawn to the same bets. But we'll dig into something here for our friends at Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. I do like the Marty Natchez shot prop again tonight. I do like the Anthony Duclair point prop paying plus 110. Those were my plays in game one of the series. They both hit, played them again in game two, but I like the bounce back here in game three. But as you can see here, Batano has a ton of live series odds up for the Canes and the Panthers. And where I'm going is right at the bottom, the adjusted series spread. Florida minus two and a half games. So I am basically betting on Florida to win this series in a sweep or four to one. They're going to win this series in four or five games, and I'm getting it at minus 110. I actually think that's pretty good value on them to win two of the next three games here. And I was thinking, oh, but you could just bet them on the money line, maybe roll over that money. But again, if Carolina wins one of them, you're not getting the exact same value there. So I do like taking the Panthers minus two and a half. Frank, I'm tempted to go Dallas Stars plus two and a half at minus 150, but the payout's just not quite there for me. I do think Dallas can push it late. And I do think Florida is going to wrap this series up in four or five. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is over on Botano, Frank. I like that. Minus two and a half. I think that's where some of the best value is instead of just yeah. a series price. Get them at minus one and a half or minus two and a half, like you said, uh, before the series starts. And you can really get a pretty decent, juicy price. So thanks to Tyler for our daily bet segment. That brings us to Garbage Time with Mike McKenna. What's caught your eye? What's caught your attention from around the NHL? Well, I hated seeing it on Friday night that NHL player Joe Valeno from the Detroit Red Wings got whacked with a five-game suspension for stomping Nino Niederreiter during the World Championships. And Frank, this is something that just you watch as a player, as a fan, as anybody, and you go, dude, what are you thinking, man? Like, And I don't want to beat up Joe too bad here because I know it's in the moment, but you like – this is like Happy Gilmore territory, like where he took a skate off and tried to stab a guy. Like you can't, you can't do this. And you know, for it to be five games, you know, respectively, you're effectively throwing him out of the tournament, which I understand. Um, but man, he was also having a really good championship. 
Like he had been one of the top scorers for Canada. Um, and that's just not how you want to go out in this type of tournament. So obviously emotions got the best of him, but Frank, you'd never want to see this. Like this is like one of the ultimate taboos of hockey is using your skate as a weapon, essentially. Like we don't see this. We shouldn't see this. Um, disappointed. And I'm sure if you ask Joe, he'd probably tell you the same thing. He just wires crossed and he couldn't control himself. And this is the type of thing that just can't happen. Yeah, I was trying to think how I would handle that if I was coaching, you know, my 9U team and, and one of my players did that. Oof. I don't know. I don't even know how I'd react. I'd be so angry. But I don't know if uh, if if five games is enough. I know it's ending the tournament. Can't really go much longer. It just feels like, I don't know, even just for that, maybe not a strong enough statement made. Who knows? It's uh, certainly a weird scenario. What do you think? Is five games enough? I mean, honestly, how do you not ban a guy for the next year's tournament? It's world championships. Like, <laughs> I mean, half the people, don't they're just going for the fun of it anyway. Like, take that right away from them. Um, so, I don't know. I, I thought five games was surprisingly light for what the injury could have been in something like that. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, well said by you. That'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We'll be back 12 noon Eastern on Tuesday to break down the latest in the conference finals and all that's going on around the hockey world. Until then, keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the league. We'll talk to you then. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.